1: After Buzz's after, Buzz after TV sh- after Buzz after show for Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Bing is for doing, and we're here doing the Once Upon a Time in Wonderland After Buzz TV show. I'm your host, Jackie Borowski, and with me is Tiana. Hi,
2: everyone. Tiana. Hi. I already <laughs> forgot your name. No, my name's Keaton Markey, guys. Hi, nice to see
3: with you.
1: And engineering the show tonight is Marissa. Hello, everyone. This music is really epic. This it is, is really, really epic. epic. <laughs> I feel
3: like going on a quest right now.
1: I know. Um, so we start off with Alice going down or coming out of the rabbit hole. And um, we're going to talk a little bit more about timeline later on. But she appears to be in the like 1865 Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. typical costume. And then later on, we, um, we see her in the asylum, and she's still wearing a kind of, like, 1800s corset, and everybody looks pretty old-timey, not to mention the asylum itself. Is old timey because we don't really send people to asylums <laughs> <Anymore>. in contemporary <laughs> era. So I just assumed well, that that's this where Amanda was also. Went, so... <laughs> <laughs> she went to modern timey like rehab asylum. She didn't go to like old timey walls are dripping and like the doctor evil people are looking at her. It was almost people. like
2: American Horror Story Asylum. That's it was what it reminded me. It of. was
1: only. A lot less terrifying. Yeah, true story. Yeah. <laughs> and I will
3: say because um, the asylum is Bethlehem Asylum, and there is a Bethlehem Royal Hospital in England that is known. It's like a famous mental hospital out there. So, oh, fun fact fun for fact. you there. Yeah, that's oh, awesome. Got yeah, and it history was, expert here. Well, it's <laughs> actually thank you, Wikipedia, um, and it's on my phone right now. So yeah, it was founded in 1247. That's a weird year Whoa. to say. Um and it's it's a hospital for the treatment of mental illnesses in London. And um it's moved from its original location a couple times, but it's Europe's first and oldest institution to special specialise in mental illness. Is it still open right. today? Um The more you <laughs> the know. More you know. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. Yes, it is. Hmm. I think. Well no, actually nineteen hundred is where it oh, it says nineteen hundred to present, so Yeah,
1: that's interesting.
4: I like that. I just kept thinking, wow, that's the uh, the basement of the hospital (laughs) in (laughs) Storybro. Yeah,
3: it
1: probably is the same thing, and they just put a bunch of like Doctor Evil looking, like menacing guys in there to (laughs) yeah, because they they did say (laughs) while they were
3: shooting the pilot for this during last May, when right when they had finished shooting Once Upon a Time, they did use a lot of the sets and just kind of refigured for mushrooms the pilot. in the forest. Yeah, they <laughs> just kind of refigured it for the purpose of this, because, you know, it's a pilot, you don't really know if you're getting picked up, yeah. don't know the budget, right. so well, it was and, fun to see a lot of the Once Upon a Time sets. And there. we did see
2: Storybrooke very mm-hmm. early on, and we haven't really seen Storybrooke in Once Upon a Time much this season, so I was excited to see that. I was like, the clock tower I was like, oh my god, it's <laughs> Storybrooke! <laughs> that was really exciting, and I... I I was talking to
1: Tiana about this earlier, and this goes into our whole um, timeline problem where they say present day, but from what I understood from looking at it, it looks like Storybrooke under the curse because you still have the girl who is Cinderella there. Yeah, and and you know
3: how we can figure this out? If we go back and watch, we need to freeze frame on the clock and see if it's still stuck at 8.15. Oh, but the, the thing yeah. is,
4: I noticed it was the same structure building as the clock, but we didn't
2: see the clock. Oh. I
4: mean, you know, it's the same building, but just there was no clock there. No there. Clock well, there.
2: and you know what else I th- thought was interesting is the car that almost hits him was Emma's yellow bug. Yeah,
1: yes, but that's I, my guess is it's Neil driving the car oh. because I feel like, uh, well, so we know Neil had the car before Emma because then he gave it back to August and said, "Here, take this." Um, take this car and I don't mean to be talking so much about that show but it gives us some back yeah. some background on it and so uh, August gives the car back to Emma from Neil. So I feel like maybe Neil was that was Neil checking on Storybook because if it was Emma, I'm like if it was Emma, she would have gotten out of the car and be like, "Oh my God, why did I almost hit this guy? Like, what are you doing here in this mm-hmm. town? Like, who are you?" She would have been very um, proactive about it mm-hmm. versus Neil, who would just be like, "Oops, almost hit a guy." Yeah, I <laughs> well, um, got
3: away with that one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I I also so we have yeah we have Cinderella still in the town, so I feel like it's still under the curse because they would have also we would have seen the knave in the once upon a time plot line Mm -hmm. if he was there because they seem to just know kind of who he is. They were like, Hey, what's up? They didn't really
3: question it. And he was walking towards the door that they had just locked. Right. So you think that they would have been like, Hey, who are you? Why are you going towards (laughs) Granny's when I just locked up for the night? Right. But you know, it was like, Hey, looks like there's a storm coming. You should probably find shelter. And he was just like, Think I will? I just stole your keys, and now I'm gonna go in <laughs> yeah. here and.
4: I like how they had a lot of uh, locked doors. That's a very mm-hmm. that's a motif that goes obviously goes along with the Alice in Wonderland. She um, encounters a lot of locked places. Yes, so I like how they brought that element into this show.
1: And they zero in on the doorknobs too. Oh yeah, totally. I like. I really enjoyed. Um,
4: I was just expecting the doorknob to speak. <laughs> I know, and <laughs> <what I> <laughs> you're just through. like waiting. You're like, uh oh, no. <laughs> nope.
1: Um. But so then we have we have her back in the asylum timeline timeline, which seems to be like late 1800s. And they go out into the town, and the people in the town look like they're wearing late 1800s things. Unless, like, cops wear, like, bowlers in England still, <laughs> which I don't no, think no. they do. I feel like... They I, might. I feel like because the... And this was my explanation for it. Because the White Rabbit is, like, obsessed with time, I feel like his portal can be a time portal. So I feel like she actually is from 1800s England, but the knave was in, like, whatever year in the 90s it must be. And... Oh,
3: maybe when he escaped from Wonderland Wonderland, because, you know, he left because he did horrible things. When he escaped, he escaped to a different timeline. And, yeah. Because how did he end up in Storybrook?
2: Yeah. And while we're talking, while we are talking about time, can we talk a little bit about, like, Alice's, when she was younger? Yeah. That, that very oh. quick scene mm-hmm. of her as a kid. And I loved how the whole episode started with Once Upon a Time. I thought that was a great, great thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I just felt that little girl was really cute, but I felt that was kind of an awkward intro. I don't I don't know. It just it seemed, I, I don't know if it was, like, the actress that bothered me, but something about that opening, like, scene and, like, when Alice is like, oh, I'm going to make, it was, like, an external monologue. Mm-hmm. It just seemed, like, forced, and, like, we know that she's going to, like, try to do that. I, I think know.
3: they started with the little girl just to kind of, you know, pay a tribute to the movie. You know, Mm -hmm. she's dressed in the blue Mm -hmm. dress with the white apron around it. I think it was just like a a kind of nod to how it all began. And Mm -hmm. then to give you a reason why her father thinks that how she ends up in the asylum, you know, her father thinks she's crazy because she's been gone for what seems like years. Yeah. You know, he's shocked to see her and she hasn't aged a day. And then, you know, she keeps telling all these stories and keeps disappearing like that. So I think it was just kind of the set up the story a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm. How long do you think she was gone for?
1: Um I don't I don't think she was gone for like years because like the dad still seemed young looking enough and she didn't seem shocked like oh my gosh dad you're super old now. Like I feel like yeah. a little kid would like look at their dad and be like oh that's weird you have now aged and that's creepy. <laughs> um think- so I feel like her reaction to the dad Says that maybe it was like months that she was gone, Mm -hmm. and long enough for you know a missing person to be considered dead, but not so long that it's not so long that it's like now the dad is like old and has like arthritis and
4: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, and I think it just goes to show because. The dad doesn't really say a specific time period, too, like how long right. she's mm-hmm. been. And but we see Alice as an older woman now, and that just goes to show that her being a kid and her being an adult now, and th- there was a bunch of years that passed that she still believes this. So it makes her in um, being in the asylum even more serious because it's prolonged for so long. Yeah, uh, the storyline has gone for years.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about the asylum. I think it's a uh, it's a classic story trope when you have a person that's traveling through different worlds to tell them they are crazy and we know this from uh, from once upon a time when mm. Emma comes to the town and Henry's like oh hey like everybody here is real uh, story fairy book characters and she's like no no mm. you're a little boy and you're delusional and that's fine but it's it was real it was very real to them and I think the the that she's struggling with that we sympathize as audience members are that this is very real to her and she's giving up on it just because she's had so much pain and been sitting here for years, thinks the person she loves is dead, so she's just thrown in the towel. She's like, I can't can't live with this anymore.
3: Yeah, I actually wrote down in my notes because season one of Once Upon a Time was all about Henry being the crazy one who no one believed and right. him trying to get people to believe his story. So before, you know, she escaped from the asylum and hopefully we don't end up back there. Um, <laughs> I was kind of thinking, Oh man, is this going to be once upon a time season one, you know, she's trying to convince people that her story is real and mm-hmm. is it going to be a repeat? But then I'm glad that they changed it up because right. even though it is the same theme of, you know, belief and fairy tales and make believe at least she has, and out, and gets to start her adventure a lot sooner than Henry got his.
1: Yeah, and I think belief is a common... when you associate it with fairy tales, belief is a common, like, element in fairy tales because it's, like, you have to believe... You have to suspend your disbelief. Mm -hmm. So you have to believe that these characters can fly and you have to believe that this magical world exists. So it's almost this intro is inviting us to come... Because Alice is our protagonist versus in Once when Emma's technically Mm -hmm. our protagonist. Mm -hmm. So in this world, we... Because we are with Alice we're in we're invited to believe automatically with her mm-hmm. which um so let's talk about Alice's romance so she um is in love with a genie who i we have learned now that there is more than one genie because i <laughs> thought sydney glass was the only genie but apparently not i thought it was
2: robin williams personally
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm really
3: glad she's not in love with
2: a giant blue man. It just yeah. makes me feel better. You know what? Though he he has a great personality. He you does. gotta give it to him. He,
3: he, he has multiple it personalities. It. Yes. So he's actually crazy. He sings
2: some great songs. Maybe later,
1: Cyrus will sing for us, and that will make us feel better. That would be awesome. But I loved how
4: this genie, Cyrus, is also from Agrabah, like mm-hmm. Sydney Glass, like mm-hmm. that genie.
1: It must be the place where genies live.
4: Agraba. It's
1: a magical yeah. land. it's a magical genie town. Agrabah. <laughs> like everyone
3: gets a genie in Agrabah. Everyone Agraba. gets a genie there. You get a genie! You get a genie! <laughs> that was my Oprah. And this, this genie is hot, though. <laughs> like, this genie and is Yeah. And he's more human than most genies are. Well, I guess, you know, Sydney, Sydney was pretty human, too. Yeah, until he had all that until weird it, stuff Yeah, because he was, like, him. in love yeah. with Regina and was yeah. literally mm-hmm. did anything for her. And, you know, this... Genies but, are very human. Well,
2: and remember that um, when Alice finds his necklace towards the end, like, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, he's probably gone. And then the necklace is magic, and he is just ma- a man, flesh and blood. So I wonder if that's like, if there's something that becomes a source of a genie's power and like makes them a genie. Or if they're just born that way. Or if, like, see, what I want to know is a back
1: history of genies. Because I want to know if, like, Jafar gives them this necklace and they're, like, you become, like, a slave, basically, like, to the genie system. Or... I love
3: the, the necklace, because he said to her that after he proposed, or didn't actually get to propose because she just said yes. Um, you know, he said... <laughs> Somebody's a little <laughs> yeah. excited. Um, he said that their hearts were entwined now so that whenever she was close, it would light up. So I didn't take it take it as being magical in trapping him. I took it magical in, like that's a sign of their love and that they're they're finding each other. Kind of how Snow and Charming do. You know, we yeah. always find each other. I took it more meaning that as opposed to like that was what's keeping him him locked down because I I feel like she freed him yeah. from being a genie. Yeah, kid, so that's why and she he, did too. He got to choose to love her and choose to be with her.
2: Well, I think that's what, because that's why they kind of fell in love because she freed him, I think, and then they got to like travel through worlds together and then that's kind of their whole story. And then randomly on a cliff... <laughs>
3: <laughs> the Queen finds right, them right next to the what boiling
1: sea <laughs> <laughs> why it's... are you hanging out next to the boiling sea it can't be that romantic and yeah
3: why are you proposing on top of the it's boiling sea it's probably seat? really hot there guys I mean <laughs> you're probably sweating and you're this is just not a cute look <laughs> it's not a, it's cute, not a cute, look. cute look when you're all sweating and you're like yeah. oh yes
1: maybe. I know next week we're gonna find out his uh, the genie's backstory and hopefully more of those questions will be answered like did she free him like was he enslaved to the genie system. And that's what
3: I love about um, what they do, um, Addie and Adam, because Adam and Eddie, wow, I don't know what I just (laughs) said. That's okay. Friday Friday night, night, guys. (laughs) But what I love about it is that they do kind of take the liberties to start a storyline and then give you those flashbacks to fill you in, but they only fill you in and. As much as they want you to know. Right. And then, you know, they'll come back to it a couple episodes later and you'll be like, oh, okay, now that makes sense. So, if you're new, if you haven't watched Once Upon a Time, the original, um, you know, get used to this kind of storytelling because they kind of give you a little and then Lost as well. Yeah.
4: And there's a lot of similarities, too, because going back to the heart necklace and then they're intertwined. If you go back to Once Upon a Time, Snow White, and Prince, they have the ring that lights up every time they're near. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of similarities, even though they're different inanimate objects, but they keep crossing over in those things. And
1: Regina keeps hearts in her wall-slash-mausoleum. hmm That's true. Well, and remember
2: the Knave of Hearts said something about, I got my, like, or Alice said to the I nave got of your hearts, heart I got your heart, heart back, so you helped me get back mine, so I can't wait to see Maybe his story is with Cora or with Regina or had some run in with them, and that's why he was bad because they were controlling him because they had his heart. I don't know. I, I like the love. Well, so let's move on to them because they have. I
1: feel like they're setting up a love triangle because we have Cyrus, who, yeah, I mean he's he's like attractive and cute, and I really like watching those two actors in the few scenes they had together, the actress who plays Alice and then Cyrus, you feel mm-hmm. their chemistry and you're like, okay, I know this is real. I know they have, like, real good chemistry. But the the character we know more about at this point is the Knave. So you have, you set it up where you're like, oh, these two people have this, like, beautiful chemistry. But then you start to get to know the Knave and he's so much fun. And so, and i I definitely feel like he has a thing for Alice. So I think that they're setting up a a sort of like triangle where you have her and the friend who she just sees as a friend who wants to be maybe something more. And then she's going after the love of her life.
3: It'll be interesting to see how this works out because the knave seems like a good guy, but I looked up what a knave is. Because I'm a nerd. and I love this. I love this. It's a history lesson. <laughs> no, it no. It's awesome. So, <laughs> we need that. The knave originally meant a male servant or a man of humble birth. But in more recent years, a knave is a base individual with no morals who will lie, cheat, and steal his way through life. It's an archetype displayed by mythical gods like Hermes, Raven, and... Hermes. Hermes yeah. Raven and Loki.
2: Loki? Loki as in, as in what? Yes.
3: Or, you know, Thor's brother.
2: You know, <laughs> oh, no, th- Thor. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah Thor's, Thor's brother.
3: Thor. Loki. Oh, sorry. So,
1: I was actually getting excited about Loki, audience members,
3: <laughs> T-Hids. Yes. Um, um, so, so, you know, it's interesting because he, he seems like a good guy who's trying to make up, but he has hinted to his past behavior in Wonderland and... It seems like he's a friend to Alice. Alice has helped him out in the past, but we don't know the extent of that story. So I can't wait to find out more because I mean, is he going to be this bad guy? Well, who, I mean, we saw a glimpse it was, of it. He, he stole yeah. the he shoes. He Stole the shoes, and yeah, I literally came back right when she crawled, like took it. Like it was almost like
2: okay, Alice. Like she had made such a point to take off her shoes to climb that sinking tree, yeah. and I was like,
3: really, Alice? Really? <laughs> and really? And I when know. you're making a deal with anyone, Goodness. you don't show them where the prize possession is. Like, oh, you help me get here and I'll give you these wishes but here they are hidden in this trap heel of my boot. You don't reveal where you're hiding it. You Bring it out. I feel
1: though. I feel though that she. Be, okay, so we know enough to know that she's a badass. Like oh, she yes. broke out of that asylum. She. What was with that fighting? I did not <laughs> believe that. It's like
4: if you had the you ability to <laughs> knock out so many people all at once,
2: why didn't you why do that from the beginning? Asylum I don't, I don't think she had a reason to before. She had nothing to fight for. She yeah. had given up on everything because, she like, was everybody dumb. who she loved and who she thought loved her were gone. Her yes. father, this guy, her whole family, obviously, if she's in this asylum at this point. And you saw her in that interview at the beginning with the doctors just like like, fi- like denying it, but like it pained her so much to do it, but she was just like, I can't do this anymore. And yeah. mm-hmm. that little glimpse of hope, I mean, again, with like hope, I think is another big thing, a big theme in these Once Upon a Time mm-hmm. yes. um, shows. It's just like, everybody's always like, you have to hope, you have to believe. And so one glimmer of hope that her true love is alive and she was out of there and don't get in her way. I completely agree with you. I felt like that was like what lit
1: a fire under her buns. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would would agree. (laughs) That's what lit a fire under her buns. Um, Fire, wow, it's
2: hot. (laughs) She got so,
1: uh, she got so excited about him being, the prospect of him being alive that she was just like, I'm gonna punch everyone.
3: And, and it is that belief that helped her get through it, because even when they make it to the Mad Hatter's house, shout out to the Mad Hatter, I got my hat. Love your hat. Um, <laughs> you know, even when they get there and see that Cyrus isn't there, she still believes, she has a feeling, even before she finds the necklace and the grass outside. She's like, he's here, he's alive, I know it, I can feel it. When you're truly in love, you can feel it, you don't need proof. And yeah. So yeah. And so, not- it's
1: I like you said this is uh hope is a common theme and it's really interesting to me because when they first made once upon a time they were saying that um they were originally going to have the prince charming character just be dead like they were going to instead of being in a coma he was going to be dead and mm, apparently there was gosh. like a revolt in the writers room <laughs> that was like you can't just start it off no, devoid prince. of hope you know <laughs> you you can't kill the prince like wh- They
4: no, (laughs) he's dead. (laughs) That goes against all Disney beliefs of Prince Charming. Yeah, Yeah. it's
1: because they these people they want to set up a very strong female action like Mm -hmm. character, which I respect. But at the same time, they the argument against killing him off, which we agree with, is that. If you have fairy tales and you set up you set up this world, this isn't Breaking Bad where you know it's going to come to some
2: grisly end. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> uh, spoilers! Don't <laughs> tell me.
1: <laughs> Sad things happen in Breaking Bad. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> but, but
2: the thing
4: is that having a prince charming or having a true love—that's mostly the driving force of the protagonist woman. That's why they they're so strong and empowering, and that's what they fight for. They fight to find the true love, usually in the Once Upon a Time. Well, not it, Emma franchise.
1: Yeah. I don't think Emma does I that. Would have, well, but Snow, her Snow White definitely. Yeah, Snow White. Definitely. But I think Emma Emma fights for her son. That's like Emma's number one priority. And, and Regina I, yeah. does the same thing. And Regina does mm-hmm. the same thing. I don't think it has to be that. But I think that. Whatever that element of hope is in the person's life, Once Upon a Time is not setting up a show where they're just going to kill off all hope. This is, this is one show on TV where people can, people can watch and they can have hope. Mm-hmm. Which is which is really nice. It's like there had been a lot of... And they were also saying that there had been a lot of shows up until the Once Upon a Time franchise that had a lot of really kind of like melancholy and dark and like not happy ending themes. And this was kind of like bringing that back into the mainstream.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so the Knave, though, it's interesting that you read that description because the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, the Knave is um, Captain Hook from Once Upon a Time. That's oh, totally who he reminds yeah, me of. He does. Because he like he he plays into like you can tell that he has like like Hook has a genuine affection for Emma. Mm-hmm. You can tell that. But there are still things going on where he's like I have to like I have to service my own like personal mm-hmm. needs. And so I feel that the knave in this show he has a thing he has a thing for her because he when in that last scene when uh, he turns to the rabbit and he was like, "You gave her hope that he was alive, and then you took it away. Like, why would why would you do that?" Yeah, um, you then, could tell that he was really upset.
3: Yeah, because he. I feel like I. I was gonna save this for news and gossip, but I'll just say it. Um, Sophie Lowe and Michael Sosha, who play um, Alice and the Knave, they were on the View on Wednesday, and they were giving an interview. And Whoopi or someone asked them, "Hey, do you think a love triangle would ever happen? Like, you know, the chemistry between you two is so." there, could it happen? They both said no. They said their characters are more like besties. They have each other's back and that they're always going to well,
2: support and, and each I other. Even, so, I, I mean,
3: it could go either way. When
2: I was watching it, I felt like they have a very brother-sister type relationship. Mm-hmm. I never felt a romantic thing with them. Um I'm trying to think, uh, like another two characters. I don't even, I don't think they, they have sexual tension like Hook and Emma. I, I, I don't think they do. I think they're more like Maybe Emma and, um, oh, I'm trying to think right now. No. I don't, but, but, like, who? Oh, sorry. No. I'm just, like, <laughs> throwing Maybe, out Maybe, oh, Neil. what's his, uh, Pinocchio.
1: I felt
4: they had I sexual tension, too, be. though. Wow.
2: I think that's. August? I, yeah,
1: August. I feel like there was, some um, I was definitely shipping uh, Emma and August <laughs> for the longest time. I was mm. like, please. And then Neil came in, and I was like, go away. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I uh, see. I I don't see the sexual tension between Alice and the Nave only because we saw Alice and Cyrus first for the longest time. We saw that relationship kind of already build. They're in love. They're engaged, and then we saw Alice and the Nave. And then I so I didn't see it. I already was led to believe that she's in love with Cyrus, not the Nave.
1: Oh, I don't think she's in love with the Nave. I no, no. I felt or like
4: he any was sexual in love tension or any. Feelings at all from the nave? Yeah, I felt Alice. like
3: the nave was kind of looking out for her. As in, he's he's a guy who has a bad rap, and this is the one person who he's kind of been better for mm-hmm. as a friend. So he's kind of trying to make sure she's protected because he knows that she's going through a hard time. But I mean, you never know where those feelings could lead lead down the line. If you get like one or two seasons in, then those feelings could turn into something else.
1: I also feel though that disney is a little bit afraid of or abc is a little bit afraid of love triangles because um you notice in once upon a time the minute neil and emma get together they kind of make the the fiance evil automatically (laughs) so it's like oh okay well there's no more love triangle because she's evil so i feel like they they really try to like Make it a little bit more neat, but I, as an audience member, definitely um I'm shipping the Nave and Alice. I'm saying that right now. <laughs> so
2: you're are you, it, are you team
1: Nave? I'm team Nave. Okay, I'm team Nave. And if there is a shipper name for Nave and Alice, please tweet it at me. Navis. <laughs> Boom. Navis.
3: Navis. I like that. Navis. Oh, I'm on
1: it. I'm team <laughs> Navis. well what is the shipper name for Alice and
2: Cyrus? Our genie. Uh, no, it should be Cyrus. It should yeah, be it Cyrus. should be Cyrus because there might be other genes. Cyrus, Cyrus, S-
3: Cyrus, 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 Cyrus. Cyrus. Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. Cyrus. <laughs> isn't that a mess? <laughs> <laughs> Dialysis. <laughs> okay. Well, tweet,
1: tweet that, that that at us, that at us too. Um, so, in this ter- in this world of Wonderland, that um, maybe we can take a brief moment to uh, to talk about what Wonderland looks like. Mostly uh, a green
3: screen. Yeah. Yep, all, all green screen. <laughs> all green screen. But we will say, because Jackie did point out to Marissa and I that the first episode of Once Upon a Time was entirely green screened as well. So hopefully after this first episode, we will see a little bit more sets and mm-hmm. a little less green screen. I know Once Upon a Time still uses it a lot. They rely heavily on it. Right. But I think they found a good balance to... Control it unless they're dealing with like giants or something.
2: Right. Then
3: it looks pretty green screen heavy, but for the most part, they've
2: well. And it's like with television shows like this, it's you know they don't have the big blockbuster movie budget to really make green screen look believable. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know, and it kind of works in their favor. Or the time. Yeah. The time production. And it kind of works in their favor because obviously, like these are make believe lands. It almost looks like a storybook when they Mm -hmm. do the wide shots. But one of the things that really really bugged me was the wide shot of the uh, Red Queen's palace when they went in. It almost looked like they didn't finish the <laughs> landscape. It looked so bland and fake and just like it was like a rough sketch of the palace like on somebody's computer graphic thing. I was it was very took me out of it completely.
1: The last shot didn't take you out of it either. Where they
3: <laughs> walking, walking down the yellow green like, screen. <laughs> screen. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know the the Cheshire cat kind of threw me out a little bit. I thought that was a little. I don't know. He was creepy, I and like I get him. that it's darker and it's different, but the green screen on that kind of bugged me. I like. I, I, like- I look like one of those YouTube videos of like cat shooting lasers or something. <laughs> <laughs> like they just insert cat here. I
4: d- I didn't like the green screen when they were on the marshmallow pit thing, and oh, when they were jumping. The, on there it. was all this the, the harsh red reddish pink crimson lighting on them and it's like you can definitely tell that was practical lighting in filming and there's a clear green screen, obviously, but I was like that was just too forced.
2: I want to know what they were in with that. Like, were they really in marshmallow fluff? Because that looked like a lot of fun. That, if that would that's be what fun they got if they were. Yeah.
1: yeah, dude, that'd be oh, awesome. I, I bet that would How have been a
3: marshmallow know? fluff. <laughs> it sucks, yeah. but it is something that I think will improve. I know we're gonna be spending our time in Wonderland, so a lot of things there are kind of hard to make and you're going to need the green screen for a lot right. of things but now that they have a budget i mean they were using once upon, upon a time sets yeah. now they have their own sets and everything i i feel like it's going to be better i think granted they
4: they for the pilot you usually have only a short time period to mm-hmm. film it and when we found out that they were doing the whole spin-off, that was during the whole pilot season. And that's the time when everyone's rushing to make pilots. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. granted, I'm sure they didn't have as much time to film the first yeah, I mean, episode but, as they will with the other ones. Yeah,
3: they used, like, the Once Upon a Time crew for everything, too, because Once Upon a Time was on a break for a week, and so they just came in and took over yeah. for, like, a week. and
4: Redressed and they did, the set you know, a little bit. They
2: did such a good job with the casting, I think. I'm very oh, they did. with everybody. Yes. So, yeah. like... You know, if that's what you really focused on for this pilot, I can, you know, throw you a bone and say, Okay, just improve in the next coming episode. Yeah.
1: And I think the the main reason that at least I watch these shows and probably you guys too, is that they bring in characters from other fantasy worlds or from, from Disney movies that we know and from fantasy stories that we know. Which is we're just seeing what we're just there to see what the interpretation of the fantasy characters are. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was watching this show for special effects, I wouldn't be watching this. And, and I do give them credit. It is once
4: upon a time. They have a television budget. Green screen is hard for anyone who's actually done it. I've done it Very myself. Mm-hmm. It's a timely process. I and mean, when you only have a week turnaround to do it, like, I give them credit for as much as they did for all the scenes that were green screen for this one episode. Like, I'll give them a break because that's hard. I, I dare anyone to key as much yeah. as they yeah. did in one their,
2: their graphics people obviously are working overtime for right. this. And props <laughs> oh, to you guys. Yeah. And the rabbit looks great. The rabbit rabbit sauce.
1: And that I mean that's the most important like CGI character he'll be around for
3: a while.
2: I did like the Cheshire Cat though. I thought the, the only thing that bothered me with the Cheshire Cat is I didn't think you could there was a definite break in the shots with her not in green screen and with her in green screen. It didn't, Mm -hmm. they didn't blend that very well. Like, there was a part when she was, like, laying on her back and, like, saliva (laughs) dripped on her. And I was just, like, I was, like, this is obviously not, like, the cat is not up there. There's, like, no shadow or Mm -hmm. anything. So, but I thought the cat was cool and I thought, like, the take they made on it of, like, you know, things have changed here in Wonderland and I have changed too. So I think, you know, that has a lot... It goes back to how Alice has changed as a person, because she's been away from Wonderland for a while, and I'm very interested to see how, if Wonderland has kind of gone evil, like if this queen has done something to this land, that has turned it bad. I also Similar like to the Regina.
4: Yeah, I also like the sizing of the Cheshire cat yeah. because it started off big and mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. I'm going back to the Disney reference movie, uh you know, the Cheshire cat is kind of small like a normal cat size, mm-hmm. but in this Wonderland, it's a completely different. It's bigger. It's a bigger threat than what we're used to. It's 'cause cuz this is a completely different land. Things are things that we think shouldn't be as harmful are maybe more harmful than what we're led to mm-hmm. believe.
3: Yeah. Does and anyone it, remember that T V show Adventures in Wonderland? Yep. 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 Okay, so <laughs> this show is, It was it, awesome. It, yeah, it was it was awesome. Um you should look it up on YouTube, I'm sure they have it. Um but it reminds me kind of of that where we get to see Alice and all these different adventures, but this is like the darker take yeah, on that this is definitely That the morning take. show before yeah. school, you know, when you're a kid. Now here's here's this is the like adult us as grown-ups version. Yeah, the, the grown ups yeah. and this is the darker Wonderland where, you know, Things get real, real quick, and next thing you know, a giant cat's trying to eat you. Mm -hmm.
1: I do like the concept, though, of this cat was her kind of friend at one point, or somebody that she was friendly with, and he was, like, suddenly turning naughty. And so Mm -hmm. it's like she wasn't entirely expecting him to react against her. So there's something that the queen is doing to to creatures in Wonderland that's making them react that way, which brings us to bad guys, which the queen um, mm-hmm. I'm not entirely afraid of. I'm <laughs> I know, <laughs> me too. Like,
4: I think it's, I don't know, maybe physique-wise, she doesn't have the, the in the facial features. Yeah. She
1: has soft features, and mm-hmm. they're
4: not really as strong or harsh that make me feel threatened by her.
1: I mean, unless you're going to be attacked by her giant pillow lips... um not really sure what's gonna happen there and she she just seems to have the power of like throwing people out there like but when the rabbit was in that room with her and he's like terrified and i'm like
3: what does she have on you that's what i want to do has
2: a bunch of cupcakes that she ain't gonna eat (laughs) that's going
3: on and
4: a pretty red dress i will give her oh
2: and she was wearing the same necklace regina wore in the last episode of Once Upon a time You are good. I noticed that. I wrote down, I was like, that is the same, because I noticed it when Regina was wearing it in a flashback last episode, and I was like, oh, that's a really pretty necklace. It kind of looks Indian-influenced, and she had the same necklace on.
3: That's funny, because I was just going to say that her magic is similar to that of Regina's, where, you know, the flick of the wrist, and he, like, leaps off. It's not anything directly that she... You don't see powers coming out of her. Yeah, it's and the just, whole choking. Yeah, the whole too. choking thing. Darth I was like, Vader. it reminded Darth me of Vader. Regina. I just wasn't fearful of her like I am of Regina. Right.
2: She, I was scared of her in the sense of Mean Girl. She looks like <laughs> Regina George, <laughs> and um, that, that's kind of like the the terrifying. Uh, that, she, she just has like this Mean Girlness about her. Yeah, she mm-hmm. does. Like Regina, Regina's like evil and scary. She's kind of just like like I'm gonna talk shit on you. I'm gonna ruin your life that way. Like she that's does. kind of. What like Regina she feels yeah. like she feels like to But that—that's
4: another thing too. So we need a bus in, to kill her. No, <laughs> but that's another thing too because in Once Upon a Time, Regina. We see both sides of Regina. We see her in the real world, present day world, as Regina just being a straight-up biosh and then we see her in the uh, fairytale land. Where she is queen and everyone fears her. and But in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, we only see the Red Queen in Wonderland. We haven't seen her human counterpart yet.
2: Well, when you did see her and Jafar have the interaction, she was straight scared. Like, that girl... Like, and she couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. obviously, Jafar is a lot more powerful than her. And right. maybe she is just more of a, like... Kind of like a presence, just like a mm-hmm. like a kind of a social mm-hmm. type figure, yeah. more mm-hmm. than like her having powers or anything. And like that.
4: and Jafar is all granted all dressed in black. He has a serpent staff, and serpent usually represents evil. So I think there's just more physically going for Jafar to make us believe he's a bigger threat than the Red Queen Yeah, he is.
3: comes in in a shadow where you don't really see his face at first but one of the things too that might not make her a big threat in, in Once Upon a Time everyone knows the story of Snow White and the stepmother. So you, everyone knows the backstory so you know why you should fear this woman. We don't have a very unless you've read the books before you don't know the backstory of the Red Queen.
1: Well, the Red Queen is from Through the Looking Glass which yeah. makes it yeah. it's not even from the it's main not from, Alice story. Yeah. It's not that through the looking glasses is totally obscure. But um all my like childhood remembrance references are from Alice's adventures in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. They're not really so much from through yeah, the Yeah, it's looking the
3: lesser glass. known story, yeah. so people don't we don't know what she's actually capable of yet. So I think that if if we were starting this and it was the Queen of Hearts, we would know right away, right. okay, this girl's not to be messed with. But right. because it's the lesser known story, people still have to learn and we didn't get a lot of her backstory tonight. We didn't get why she's after these two, why she's been after Alice and Cyrus for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know what, what she wants with them. And so it kind of makes it harder to fear her. But you have Jafar coming in on a carpet in the dark with his 1980s Jerry Curl going on. <laughs> that was. I
2: think ho- he had hammer pants on too.
3: Yeah. Oh! Yes! Exactly. I said he looked like Michael Jackson from Thriller. (laughs) Agrabah is
2: very
3: 80s inspired. Yes. The 80s (laughs) just got to (laughs) Agrabah. And
1: they are there and they are ready.
3: But yeah, you know, you have this other guy and we know his story. We know that movie that we've all seen as kids, you know, with the staff. And we know his story. So I think that's why we automatically fear these people as opposed to her. It
2: it is... Like, anybody who has watched Lost, though, it's very strange seeing the character of Saeed now, (laughs) the character of Jafar, and doing all these, like, arm motion thingies. It's just, it's just really, it's something completely different than what he's played before. So I'm very excited to kind of see how he does it in this type Mm -hmm. of character and being this evil. Um, But it's going to take a little getting used to, I think.
3: Yeah, and my... the hair. I hope they get him a better <laughs> wig for the rest of the show. Or maybe a hat, like in the movie. Yeah, or yeah. just cut it more even. We don't need the 80s-style, like, almost mullet thing going on.
1: Here's my just... thing about Jafar. Jafar seems so powerful that everybody else in this world, he's just bored with. Because everything around him, like, in in this world of Wonderland, seems so, like... Just insanely boring to him, and the only thing that he seemed interested in to me was Cyrus. So he's, like, with the queen, and he's like, okay, talk. Um, Maybe I'll kill you, maybe I won't. I'm not sure. Like, he might be just too bored to wash his hair.
2: (laughs) I think that's a thing.
3: Because... (laughs) That is true.
2: Well, and it was weird the leverage that the Red Queen pulled on him. Like, I know where... I have a better idea of where they are than you do. And it was just like... He has a magic carpet. He could go fly around, like, Wonderland and figure out where she is. She was pulling her mean girl thing out of her mean girl pocket. She was like, I,
1: I, I know things about things. And he was just like, bored now. I'm not, I'm not even.
2: I can ruin Alice's life. (laughs) He's like,
3: I'm not even excited enough to
2: kill you at this point.
3: But that made me think of what you said earlier. Maybe, you know, she has something, or I think you said something about the cat and what the queen is doing to Wonderland because maybe there's something about this place that she has on... She has her yeah, safety her, her safety net, yeah. you know, where she has a lock on all the creatures in there, and we know the white rabbit's working for her, so she has the lay of the land a lot better than Jafar, and it's a big place, so you can get lost, and you can change sizes, so she could be running around as, like, a tiny person, and you'll never <laughs> find her, but the Red Queen knows this, so she knows how to find people.
4: Yeah, yeah true, but... Uh... It, like she does have more knowledge, but the red red queen said I brought Allison. I was like, no, you didn't. The white the white rabbit did. Not but you. she made him. How? No, and we don't but-
3: know why because he met with her afterwards, and she was like, you're late. And then they go and they're having their tea, and she's like, you have to keep an eye on them. Our deal's not done because he says, you said if I got her back here, I could. And she cuts him off. So we don't know what he was promised or who. She's holding captive over him, maybe. But she has Jazz something him. on the white rabbit <laughs> to make him go get his friend Alice and bring her back here.
1: I think there are there are enough... There's something about the power structure in Wonderland that makes people nervous because we know that the Mad Hatter was nervous about... The Red Queen, which is, I mean, we, like you said before, that the Red Queen we know more about, mm-hmm. so we're obviously like initially scared of her. Yeah, um, we know she takes people's heads <laughs> um, off with his head. The or not the Red Queen, <laughs> the, the, Queen, the, Queen the Queen of Hearts. That's what I meant, the Queen of Hearts. And so, um, so these core. these subjects in this land seem to be initially like off and like worried about things. They're very
3: scared of the Red Queen, yeah. so I feel like we'll eventually get there just from first impressions. I wasn't fearful.
4: Right. Yeah, and we haven't really seen her true strength of her powers because all we saw is, like, a wave of her hand or choking. We haven't actually seen, like, her conjure up any real magic. Just forceful. Kind right. of
2: thing. I mean, Darth Vader could only use the Force, and he was freaking scary. But he <laughs> had a scary <furry laughs> mask on, and he spoke like this. That.
1: <laughs> that was a terrible impression. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: was the worst. You're no.
4: And he, so has a light- and he has a lightsaber. Yeah, if sorry, we, no. digress. <laughs> Lights, we, we digress.
2: Lightsaber. <laughs> we Lightsaber. Yes. And maybe the Queen will pull out some type of lightsaber. <laughs> they That'd be Disney awesome. owns Star Wars. I know Disney owns Star Wars. So maybe awesome. Darth Vader will like partner up with Jafar, and they'll all <laughs> <laughs> be using the Force together.
3: Hey, if Frankenstein can make his way into right? Snow White story. Agreed. The, the end's limit. Or you know? Darth
4: Vader could be like, uh, this is how you really do a cold
1: yeah. <laughs> I want to see Iago. I'm very sad that Jafar, maybe Jafar is so bored because Iago's missing and he's lonely.
2: Well, and <laughs> it's kind of funny that Jafar, like, how does he have the magic carpet? That's Aladdin's carpet. Like, yeah, yeah, there's what a what lot of... Aladdin.
1: there's. Yeah, what happened to Aladdin? Why are there so many genies? Like, there's a lot of backstory that we need to figure out here. Um,
3: And it goes back to, you know, them meshing so many stories from the start that it's kind of hard to see where they're going to go. But it's kind of exciting to see what new places they're going to take all these characters. Because once upon a time, it's so kind of, it's not laid out flat, but the stories are the more, they don't cross over as much. As you know Alice is in love with the genie from Aladdin, yeah, you know those stories don't make sense to any of us outside of this <laughs> world right here, so it's gonna be exciting to see you know maybe Jasmine and Aladdin aren't together in this world, you know, maybe they're with other people, so oh. I don't know, I'm excited to see and I don't, I don't want it, but like at this point, anything's possible
4: that's true, and they Jasmine also- could have
3: ended up with Jafar
4: mm-hmm. slide but. The- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They they also mentioned the the quick line, uh, Mermaids and Pirates, so they alluded back to Neverland. And as we know, in Once Upon a Time, Neverland's completely different than what we're Yeah, yeah. yeah No, normal.
2: yeah, good point. Peter so, Pan is evil. Yeah, so it
1: goes to show that they really are taking liberties with this show. Yeah. And I hope that maybe we'll see some other worlds. Like I know this is base set in Wonderland, but just like Once Upon a Time is base set in Storybrooke or the Enchanted Forest, maybe we'll see because we know that she's traveled through the land, So maybe we'll see her in other in later in the season or in other seasons. Yeah, and
2: do you think lands. Agrabah is a separate land,
1: or do you think yeah, it's a part of another land? Because she said this is this is my this is my world.
3: But did you guys also notice when sh- when um, Jafar flew off? Um, there was kind of these other... It reminded me of Mario World because <laughs> there was these other little... There was yeah, like, no, floating mushroom, p- mushroom, mushroom yes, kingdoms there over there. So I don't know if that's part of Wonderland or if he's flying off to, like, the, over there is Agraba and over here is somewhere else because it was these little floating worlds yeah. that he was kind of floating off to. So I, I want to know what that's all about. Uh, I, I want to
4: believe that Agraba is a completely different world, too, because... And we keep referencing once, but you go to once, you have to, like, go through portals Portals. to go into a different land. So I think they're kind of going the same uh, way here, where Agrabah's a completely different land. Yeah, I I mean,
2: But in the Enchanted Forest, there's a lot of different, like, kingdoms that, you know, so who who knows?
1: And maybe, you know, it's like Super Mario, where it's like you get a rat tail or a a raccoon (laughs) tail, and you just... Fly up
3: up there, but I mean, it was it was just these floating cities up there, and I I was I was
1: like, "What is up there?
3: You can't quite make it out." And they showed it twice throughout the episode, so something else is up there.
1: Yeah, there there's something going on with those floating Mario buildings. Okay, any (laughs) um, last thoughts? Ideas?
4: Um, I do like their. We touched a little bit. I do like their um, interpretation of the the white rabbit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, they really gave him a lot of human. Personification—he's walking, yeah. he's talking—and it's. I found it interesting how they introduce the white rabbit to all the non-believers mm-hmm. already, like straight off the bat. Yeah. When he's trying to convince Alice that no, she's not hallucinating or anything, this is all real. But he reveals himself in the real world with yeah. other regular humans. He Something.
1: like doesn't
2: care. Yeah, I, I feel
1: care. like though that's consistent with the original story because the first person she sees going down to the rabbit hole is the white rabbit. So I feel like that might have been a nod to the original story where Alice follows the white rabbit down the rabbit hole. So he probably is just like like a honey badger. He just don't care. <laughs> yeah,
4: <that's> <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but uh, um, yes, the white rabbit is usually in the real world. That's how Alice follows him. But the fact that other human beings actually acknowledge that oh, the that white they rabbit is yeah. there. I don't think we see that in the regular Alice in Wonderland no, no, story. No,
1: I agree with that.
3: And another thing I picked up on The knave, when Alice, when he steals her shoes and Alice is at the top of that tree, she calls him Will. So he has a second name. And then she calls him Will again when she finds the necklace. And she goes, Will, rabbit, come here. I thought she was just
1: slurring her words. I was like... Are you being British and I can't understand you? Know, put the subtitles <laughs> on. And I was like, did she
3: just call him Will? Yep, yeah. Two times. So, you know, like we've seen on Once Upon a Time, you know, people with their two names and their two identities. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has another name. Maybe he is a, maybe he started as a male servant, a man of humble birth. And then when he oh, became the name of humble of, birth. Yeah, yeah. When he became the knave of hearts is when he became, you know, someone with no morals who will lie, cheat and steal his way through life. It's
1: true, dun, and dun. we we definitely know though that Alice as a character is more trusting than our heroines, or well, she's more like she's more like a Snow, where she's more trusting than than an Emma, and um, because so there was the the line where they tell her you're risking your life for someone who doesn't believe in you, mm-hmm. and um, and she like she's she's gone through so much pain, and she was so much pain that she's willing to like. To like go through electroshock therapy, which is what I was assuming that they were referencing. What did you call it,
3: Marissa? Uh, <laughs> you <laughs> shouted it like ten times during the episode. What he was going to do to her mind to erase oh, it? Uh, a yes. Oh, a lobotomy. Oh, Oh,
1: lobotomy. Like asylum. Yes. Yes. yes.
3: <laughs> I was um, thinking like Eternal Sunshine of the Spot.
4: I you? was completely thinking they're lobotomy. I was, like, they're they're in asylum. That's mental. Mental erasing. Rather than like brainwashing, yeah. just like completely erase it. Ooh.
1: Yeah. So she's been through like, I mean, granted she didn't have that procedure of what she signed off on it.
3: Yeah, but yeah. she signed
1: off on it. She's been she through so much pain, thought. and I in the contract. I feel not like contract. she's she's definitely as our heroine. She's in more of like a fragile, a fragile place that she's more willing to trust a lot of these people who she used to trust and might not be so trustworthy.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, do you guys want to get into news and gossip? Yes. I don't have any, but
3: <laughs> <laughs> I kind of I kind of yeah. used mine up, but the interview on the view, um it was on October 9th. It's a really good it's really cute. It's only like 5 minutes long. Um you can tell that Sophie and Michael are their chemistry that you see on screen is apparent off screen as their well. Their shipper chemistry um, that is exploding off the screen. They were just so super cute together. <laughs> they both kind of gave that face when the Subject of them being shipped together, they both look like. Ew, no, no, they're like besties, and you know you, they're playful. They seem like fun people. This is both of their first. This is their U.S. television debut. They're both pretty done a lot of stuff over in the U.K., but this is their first time on like American television starring yeah. roles. So um, that's fun. And Michael actually admitted that he's never read Alice in Wonderland, so he didn't even. Feel like hey, I should do the research for this role. <sighs> nope, more mad respect for you for that because I haven't read it yet either, well, but I plan to. The well, and some yeah. actors
2: like that too because then it allows them to interpret the character themselves. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But um, I have another piece of news and gossip. Um, Jennifer Goodwin and um, uh, who plays Snow and the guy who plays Charming, whose name is um, Josh, Josh Dallas, Dallas. Josh, they got engaged. Yes, so they, they are don't. officially engaged and I know that's kind of more once upon, upon <laughs> time <laughs> a time In Wonderland. But yeah. So. You're just so excited. I, I so was excited. so excited. I mean it's it's like a It's cute. True, it's like a it's, real life fairy tale. Yeah. It's really <laughs> yeah.
1: cute. Um, Predictions? Yeah.
0: And now you're After
4: Buzz TV predictions.
1: Um, I'm going to make a prediction that is really more of a desperate plea. Please put the Mad Hatter on this show. I really love Sebastian Stan, and I know he's really busy, <laughs> but I love him. The end. <laughs>
3: Your prediction. My prediction, I got really excited and I wrote it down. After you said that um, the Red Queen and Regina had the same necklace, their powers are similar. What if they're what sisters? What if sisters oh my yep, yep. I, I got so excited I had to write it down. So I'm predicting that. Or stepsisters. Or stepsisters or half-sisters. One's, blind,
4: one's completely
3: blonde, one's com- brunette, And then the mom's so. kind
1: of like in between. But you can't really tell if
4: she's Yeah, all that I put down surgery. sisters
3: or half sisters, stepsisters. Or friends. Or friends. Good
4: friends.
3: Yes. That
4: so. Glenda mm. and Alpha
3: Bud, they were friends, they were blonde, one was and then, brunette. And then that what? crazy ass chick, Dorothy, came and ruined everything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Damn it, Dor- I
2: would not be surprised if we saw Dorothy um show up. Well they, in a a the Once of- Upon
1: a Time book, yeah. there are flying monkeys.
2: Yeah. So yes. mm-hmm. I especially after we saw the Yellow Brick Road, yeah, basically in of. Wonderland. So I, I would not be surprised if we ran into Oz at some point. Um
3: are, That was my prediction. I, I
2: I, I w- agree with that. I think that's a great prediction because I think Korra uh, is the... I think the reason that um, the Red Queen and Jafar are working together has something to do with the Queen of Hearts, a.k.a. Korra. I feel like they... Because obviously she is probably the most powerful person besides the Dark One that goes a- across these worlds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I feel like it might be a power struggle or something that they need each other to get rid of Cora. So, I don't know. I'm just... I just love Cora. I I love, I, I just yeah. think she's great. She's, she's really, you're
1: begging for Cora, and I'm begging for Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> you got that? You got that?
4: <laughs> Cora's awesome, so I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I think because we're kind of unsure about the timeline and whatnot, mm-hmm. what happened from when Alice was first in Wonderland, and mm-hmm. then her second return back when she's older, and you know how we saw the Cheshire Cat is a kind of different person. They're strangers now. I think we'll see some like flashbacks of what happened in between. The in-between mm-hmm. period, yeah. which will fill a lot of gaps in, in the story plot
2: lines.
3: Yeah. Do you, I know,
2: do you know what I'm also wondering? Now that we've found out that you can travel through time with these worlds, maybe they're going to start using time travel on the other show on Once Upon a Time, and that might be how they can prevent the curse. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: don't know how I feel about that. I want them to keep this completely separate than Once Upon a Time. I
1: think, I they, think they are. They. they yeah. I, well, it seems like they are for the, at least this first season, they're trying to not, I mean, they did the cute nod in the beginning that yeah. we we're all excited about, but I think they're trying to establish it as its own show before they do too many crossovers.
3: Yeah, with the storylines. And we'll try not
2: to
1: fun. constantly
2: talk yeah. about yeah. Once <laughs> <upon> <laughs> a <time>. This is <laughs> but our but reference. Yeah, this but, but right now,
4: reference. Once Upon a Time yeah. is the only thing we really have to go off of, other than the, the separate storylines in general, but we have once as a
1: reference. Yeah.
3: Alright. Well, that was fun, guys. Yeah. I can't <laughs> wait for fun. next Where can week. they find
2: you guys? Twitter? You can
3: Instagram. find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Tiana Hopson.
2: You can find me on Twitter at KeatonM33 and on Instagram at Keaton33. So mm-hmm. difficult. I'm so... I'm going to change it. <laughs> yeah. Marissa. Um, you can follow me
4: on Twitter and on Instagram at Sir TV.
1: You can find me on Twitter at 123Jackie underscore B and on Instagram... At 123 B no underscore. And no, I'm not going to change it. I'm making it difficult. Oh, difficult people. <laughs> Jeez. Just have to remember your underscore.
0: <laughs> From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network.